Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, here we are, Craig, the first Christmas movie of the season. Just finished uh, hitting up a couple uh, Thanksgiving-ish movies. I don't know, this movie we chose for today is maybe a little more appropriate for Thanksgiving, huh? I know. We talked about doing it for Thanksgiving, but I watched the trailer, and there was so much Christmas in the trailer. I'm like, let's let's save it. But it's it's apropos, like... You yeah, know, we just had Thanksgiving, now Black Friday, and then we'll move into like the real Christmas stuff. That's next right. Week. <laughs> <laughs> so the so the one we're doing right now is a movie I had never heard of before. It's 2021's Black Friday. So it came out a couple years ago, and uh, I was really impressed because number one, it was a zomcom, and I think a couple weeks ago I told you I'm kind of sick and tired of zomcoms, but yep. here we are doing one yet again. <laughs> Because I'll I'll just be forever cursed to watch these things because they keep making them. They, I, know. I don't know. What is it? Ever since Shaun of the Dead, like every year there's like five of these things. And uh, this one's a little different. Like it, it, it basically is a zombie movie, but the zombies are unique. They're not like. Yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of are walking dead, but this is it's more like they're possessed or like infected by some kind of parasite or something that it's very unclear and it doesn't it's need very to be unclear. unclear yeah <laughs> <laughs> and nothing is ever explained so don't be waiting for the explanation because it doesn't come i was really looking forward to this movie because it looked like it'd be a lot of fun and because bruce campbell is in it i thought okay this is gonna be cool and the trailer made it look real funny i was just looking for a big bowl of laughs with it and uh I have to say I was a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Uh, Ultimately, that's going to be my judgment. Like, it's not great. But I was actively mad at this movie, man. Oh, man. See, <laughs> I kind of had fun watching it, and which is impossible. It, it's impossible that I could have because I had to watch this surreptitiously at work <laughs> on my phone. Oh, are you kidding me? No. Oh, no. <laughs> wow, we were really cramming it in. We tried to get two podcasts in this week yeah. to get a little ad for the holidays, and uh, I guess that puts you in a rough spot, huh? Right, right. Like, it was the very last day of school before break, and so there, there's not even any sense in really planning anything. It's not like we didn't do anything, but I knew that they were going to be in vacation mode. I was in vacation mode. So uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on in Mr. Higgins' class that day. <laughs> Why'd you just turn it on for the kids? <laughs> <laughs> I almost could have, but no, I, I like hid my phone behind my desktop computer and like sat there and pretended I was doing something else. Nice. But, um, <clears throat> that might have been the best way to watch this, honestly, because I'm here in a, in a little bungalow and I plugged my laptop into the TV here. So I saw it full screen uh, with the lights off, kind of proper movie style. And uh, maybe it would have been better on a phone. Maybe it would have gone down easier. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't recommend watching it on a phone during the day, backlit by natural light coming through huge windows. Because I, I only saw about a quarter of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> because, because it's so dark. And I'm watching oh. it on a phone, so a lot of the time I was just looking at my reflection in the phone because oh, it was God. so dark. Um, but I kind of saw what they were going for, and I don't know. I, I did enjoy – I enjoyed things about it. What I, what I wrote at the very top of my notes, I said, this is a great idea if it's executed well. Yeah. Like a, a movie about – Black Friday and people getting possessed. I mean, even it makes me think of this movie doesn't remind me of it necessarily, but it makes me think of the opening scene of Krampus. Yeah. Which which is a Black Friday scene. And I love the opening scene of Krampus. It's fantastic. And everybody, you know, there's nothing supernatural or, or nasty going on other than people just being nasty. crazy on Black Friday. And honestly, that representation of Black Friday was not far off the mark from yeah. real life. Now, I think some good, it's even hard to say this, it's painful to say this, but some good came out of the pandemic because I think that the pandemic killed American Black Friday yeah. the way that it used to be. Now everything is online, which makes so much more sense. It's so much more convenient. 
it's far better. Did you ever do the whole Black Friday thing pre-pandemic? No, you know why? And and for those people who uh, maybe are not familiar with this, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving. It's sort of the first shopping holiday of the season. And supposedly it's called Black Friday because it's the first time of the whole year that finally retail gets in the black. I don't know if that's entirely true or if it's just more of a saying, but the idea is that that's when they really start making tons of money because obviously the holiday shopping season is their biggest time of the year. Right. And so I don't know when this happened because I don't think this was a thing when we were kids. Mm-mm. At least it wasn't like advertised to the public as Black Friday. I'm sure within the retail sales circle, they all referred to it you sure. know, in business-like terms. But at some point, I don't remember what it was, the late 90s, early 2000s, Black Friday became a thing that, that businesses advertised. So they said, hey, we're going to put incredibly good deals. Many of them are like limited number or limited quantity yeah. on the day after Thanksgiving to force you guys to come out and uh, and start shopping. And they purposely were generating crowds. And so like some of these stores would do like what this store did. They'll open up at like midnight. Yeah. Or like three in the morning or something. Yeah. And the people would literally line up outside the door camping out overnight so they could be one of the first people in. So as soon as those doors, op- those doors open, they would tear to the back of the store wherever the 10 TVs that you could buy for half price were. Right. So that they could be one of those first 10 people to get it. And thank God, like I think even before it petered out, there was a lot of criticism. They're like, this is kind of capitalism gone amok. Oh, God, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And not only that, but you know, of course, you know, it forced all the employees of these places to be away from their families at the holidays. Yeah. And to deal with the insanity. And it really was insane. Like, honestly, if you've seen the beginning of Krampus, that was what it was like. <laughs> I-, I did it twice. Once for myself, I did it to get a Christmas treat because though my partner and I are financially comfortable now, we weren't always, you know, we were young right out of college. Sure. You know, entry level jobs and, and things were tight and we needed a Christmas tree and you could get, you know, they would take these high price items and drastically, drastically reduce the price. And so I stood in line at like four o'clock in the morning at Home Depot one time for a Christmas tree for a Christmas tree and raced all of these other middle aged women. (laughs) Were you elbowing old ladies out of the way and stepping over not elbowing but it literally was like i grabbed one of the trees because it was like you know it was a specific tree i wanted it was like this martha stewart tree pre-lit like it was all it was beautiful and i wanted it you are so gay i know right i don't remember if my sister was with me i may be conflating stories but i i i grabbed the tree and i started pulling it and it was like a goddamn cartoon like there was a middle-aged woman on the other side of the aisle pulling it from the other side like we were tug of warring over this christmas tree are you serious? And I got it, because, duh, I'm not going to let some old bitch beat me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I also did it one year with my mother, because my mother did Black Friday like like she planned it like it was Mission Impossible. And she would recruit me and my aunts and other people and like place us, because Walmart was open 24 hours, but they would line their aisles with these products, but they would cover them in butcher paper. So you didn't know what anything was. So you just kind of had to wait until at whatever, four in the morning or whatever, they would rip the butcher paper off and then it would be just a mad grab. And so my mom would take me and my aunt and maybe somebody else and like position us at different parts of the store. And we had lists. We need this and this and this. These are our top priorities. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) And it didn't even matter like if I was grabbing gifts that were ultimately going to be for me it didn't matter (laughs) (laughs) they're saving money yeah and it it was nutty it was absolutely bonkers uh and i don't think that it happens anymore more and more retail places um even grocery stores in the united states are closing on thanksgiving to give 
their employees the holiday, which I just think is fantastic. It's a small gesture in a really trying industry, but it's a gesture nonetheless. And I appreciate that they're doing it. And I'm so glad that that craziness, because you would see on the news, people would get in physical fights. People would shoot other people to get that big screen TV or whatever. It was insane. And it needed to be put a stop to. And I'm glad that it was. Um, So thank you, Pandemic, for that one little thing. I I mean, maybe I'm also kind of a man of very few needs. I'm always the guy buying the, you know, second or third generation back game console. Or I've got the same TV I've had for ages and don't really have this huge compulsion to get a bigger one. You know, and so the kinds of things that would go on sale for Black Friday, like the deals would look fantastic, but Uh I would look at them and go like, I don't really care if I get my USB drive for 15 bucks or seven bucks. Like, you know, it's not that important to me. So I didn't participate in one of those. But somewhere in early on in that deal, they did a Cyber Monday, right? Where Amazon and all these retailers online. And that I loved because you can just sit. And to God, at work, I would just, like, mostly not get any work done. And I, <laughs> I had an office job at that time, so I could just sit down behind a computer and pretend like I was working, but mostly I was checking these sales that would kick off, like, one every hour on all these uh-huh. different websites. I loved that, and I didn't get hurt or shot doing that, so that was nice. And that's how it is now, and now they still call it Black Friday, but it's like two weeks of deals. It's just better all around. It's more convenient. I'm sure that these corporations are still making great money. Well, I I don't know, because they actually, Bruce Campbell plays the store manager. This takes place in a toy store. It was filmed in uh, an abandoned Babies R Us. And he's the store manager, and he basically says that Black Friday is like just a loss leader. You put these high price items on sale for really low, but that gets people in the door. So you're taking a loss. You're taking a loss on those big items, but it gets people in the store, and then they do a lot more shopping and spend a lot more money and that's where they make their money. Pretty much everything is online in America now anyway. I don't know what it's like in China, but I recently went to the mall that we frequented when I was young. And it's a shell of what it used to be. Like, there are lots of empty spaces, but the big department stores are are still there. But we went to JCPenney, which is a big department store in the States. My mom had found this deal online, and then she also found it in the store, but you could only get the deal online. So, like, if she ordered it online, then they could ship it to the store, but it was already at the store. So she talked to the manager, and he's like, well, let me look into it. And what the manager told us is that their brick-and-mortar stores, really, these days are warehouses. Oh. It's just where they store their inventory. They're, it's like open warehouses. You know, people can come in and shop, mm-hmm. but it's really, the m- main function of it is just to store their inventory and they sell it all online and just ship it directly from the store, which I thought was fascinating. It, it kind of blew my mind. It is. I mean, things have changed so much. Mm-hmm. Thank God it's not as insane as this is uh, anymore. So, I mean, in a way, the movie's already a little out of date. You know, a the little concept bit. is. Those those stores don't even exist anymore. You can't yeah. find you can't find a brick and mortar toy store like that. Giant anymore. toy like, store. Toys R Us, Babies R Us, they all shuttered years ago. So Well, that's <laughs> probably why they were able to film it in one. You know, I mean, the, to be honest, like part of what makes this movie look so cheap, and I thought that um there were parts of this movie that looked really expensive and a lot of the production that looked really cheap. And some of that was this store looked like its shelves were half full. <laughs> oh yeah, it didn't look like and like it didn't even have shelves. It just looked kind of like no. a showroom. <laughs> like just a bunch of toys scattered around a big empty space. I mean there yeah. were there were some shelves like around the outside, but the whole center was just this huge open space with just toys scattered throughout and not even toys sometimes like there was like an aisle of lamps and things i mean like if you really started looking behind it almost seemed like they just grabbed whatever shit they could find and at some point decided oh it doesn't really matter the store's in chaos by this point you know overrun by the creatures anyway so no one's gonna notice if we just throw non-toy random things up on the shelves but i noticed yeah (laughs) the plot is that these 
Oh, I don't want to get. I don't want to talk too much about the plot. I just want to talk about everything I didn't like about this. Oh, <laughs> God. See, and I was getting ready to talk about what I did like. Yeah, I, I mean, it Go centers ahead. around it centers around uh, these employees of uh, a toy store, and they're preparing for Black Friday, and then eventually, within like the first ten minutes, they open the doors, and it's you know that crazy Black Friday thing that we were just talking about. But what I will say that I liked about this movie and I didn't hate the movie I really didn't I, I thought it was kind of fun I didn't think it was great it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be no but I really I, I everybody in it I liked I all of the actors I liked I thought that they were good in their roles and they were fun to be with Devin Sawa I guess is the main guy uh-huh. he plays Ken the movie kind of makes him out like at, at first and I feel like this is very intentional. They try to make him out to be kind of the fun guy, but the movie also then goes out of its way to point out that he's really too old for that nonsense. Like, Ooh, yeah. like, bro, you're in your forties. You work on the floor at a toy store. You're dating one of your 20 year old coworkers and like skateboarding around the toy store. Like, it may be time to grow up. Yeah. I like Devin Sawa. He he was in Idle Hands and Final Destination. And yeah. he's fun. And, and he's kind of in a renaissance right now. Like, uh, there's a, a part there's a part in the movie where they're in the break room, I think, and somebody's flipping channels on the TV and one of the Chucky movies comes out. Yeah. Devin Sawa has been, well, there are three seasons of Chucky, and I know that he's been in all three of them, but I've only seen seasons one and two in both of which he dies. <laughs> Interesting. So, so the character he plays in season one dies, and then he's just in season two as a completely different character, and nobody ever comments on it. Really? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like he's a prominent character in both seasons. What? Just a totally different character, and nobody talks about it. They just liked having that actor in there. He he worked really well. <laughs> he, he, and he's good. He is good in that show. There are, frankly, too many people to keep track of. Yeah. Like, I was trying so hard God. to keep track of all these people. Um, there's Chris, who's like the young, newer guy. I would say he looks like he's somewhere in his 20s. He's pl- played by a kid named Ryan Lee. And I was looking at this kid thinking, who is he? I know I've seen this kid before. And and so I looked him up, and uh, he was in Super 8. Did you ever see that Oh, movie? yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. And uh, he was also in the TV show that only ran for one season, but I was a big fan of it with Malin Ackerman, uh, Trophy Wife. And this kid did a lot when he was a kid, but when he was young, his teeth, his front teeth, like were super like buck teethy, like mm-hmm. like they jutted out over his lower lip. But in some of those earlier things that he was in, he was wearing like braces, like corrective stuff. And now he's super cute. Yeah, he looks <laughs> a nice. very handsome young man. He's like a germaphobe in this. Yeah. He's yeah, kinda... he's a germaphobe. There's Marnie. She's this young brunette. She's the one that. <laughs> Ken, I guess, kind of thinks they're dating, but I think she kind of just feels like it's kind of just like a work thing. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> eh, we can mess around at work or whatever. There's several others. There's Archie, who's played by Michael J. White, who is super familiar, but I didn't really recognize him for anything. Su- this, like, super handsome, big black guy. Uh-huh. Jonathan uh, is Bruce Campbell. He's the boss in the office. And Brian is the stereotypically gay floor manager right and it's just you know like it almost feels like a workplace sitcom yeah for the first 10 minutes that's what it's trying to be yeah yeah it's quippy they're kind of trying to establish the relationship between these people the floor manager is like the uptight one and ken devon sawas the goofy older guy who's always messing around and Chris is the younger guy who's the germaphobe, but he's really, he's taking his job seriously and trying to do his best. And um, Marnie is that really cool chick that you knew in high school or college who just didn't give a fuck about anything or anybody, and she just did whatever she felt like doing. There's the bitchy Anita gal who's like the goody-goody employee of the month, always trying to do the right thing and doesn't, only cares about herself. 
she kind of pops just, in. I just watched this yesterday, and I've already completely forgotten her. Like, I have her in my notes. <laughs> well, she's barely in it. I have her in my notes, but I skipped over it when I was talking about the characters because I was like, I don't remember who that is. <laughs> well, it's so weird. It's honestly so weird because, um, and I just think this is emblematic of the whole movie. Like, there's so many missed opportunities, and this woman is being set up to be this standard character who's going to be uh, kind of opposing them at every turn or you know she's going to be so self-centered or so devoted to you know single-mindedly devoted to her job or whatever that she's going to be a, an obstacle well and she's a karen she's yeah. a karen yeah but she's not like she just kind of pops in a couple times says some douchey things and goes R- says some douchey things like they happy black friday anita green friday what Corporate said Black Friday was racist, so they changed it to Green Friday. Green like Christmas and money. Good to know. Oh, my God. I know. And that was supposed to be funny, though. Like, that <laughs> it wasn't funny. Oh, there's so much this movie that wasn't funny. It wasn't. It, it wasn't funny. It was it was kind of frustratingly real. Don't forget also the older lady who uh, is supposed to be funny because she's got a filthy mouth. Oh. You know, I, I what was her name? She was a customer, wasn't she? You're right. I think she was a customer that just got pulled into the employees when things go amok. Because what happens is there's a meat like a meteor that flies through the ceiling of the store. I was a little confused at the whole intro because there's kind of a like I, think a, I missed that. What are they like? <laughs> stu- yeah, it was too dark. That's why you missed it. It was like literally dark. And I guess it was the people early stocking the store, like maybe before anybody ever shows up, like the guys unloading the truck or something like that. And a meteor comes in and they're sort of the first kills, but it kind of happens off screen. All you see is this glowing kind of pulsing pink thing that ends up underneath the... It's the blob. It is. (laughs) It's 100% the blob. So that thing is there. And I guess some old lady comes in and sits on the chair, and I guess it infects her, and she's the first one. And then from then on out, it's not clear. Like, in the normal zombie movie, like, you get bitten and you turn, and I think that's still kind of true. Yeah. But what also happens is that they open their mouths and this white, fibrous thing shoots it's like out a of it. tentacle. Like, first it reminded me of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. This white, like, goo shooting onto people's faces. But it's not really goo. It's not it's goo. More like, it's more like a tendril or a tentacle or something that, like, attaches usually to their face. But then I think in other times it attached to other parts of people, like their legs or their arms. or And, and regardless of where it gets you, then you're infected. And then you basically turn into a zombie but you continue to mutate into like some monster from hell. <laughs> yeah, and then you decide to join and meld into what happens in the middle of the movie is that sort of like they notice, hey, all the customers are melding together into this giant bob-like creature that's growing and growing in the center of the store. They hear over the radio or something like somebody saying, you know, all these infected people, they they seem to have a mission. It seems like they're building something. So this isn't only happening in this store. It's happening in other places, too. And it's not that they are physically constructing anything. And we are conflating in a couple of minutes what it takes the movie the whole time to tell us yeah but like there's these suggestions that they're drawn towards this central thing and that they're making something but it's really and we see that the blob keeps getting bigger and bigger but it's not really until the near at least the halfway mark if not later that we realize that they're all just kind of joining this mass and becoming part of it so the idea and i liked what they were doing at the beginning they were trying a little bit of that shot of the dead kind of thing where they were at first trying to equate the shoppers who were not zombies yet you know with zombies i love that bit i did too it was a clever idea you know they're there's they're banging at the windows and they're looking anxious and they're trying to get in but you know they haven't opened the store yet but i liked the way that that was shot because they just looked like an angry mob because they were, it was through the window and you were just kind of seeing them in silhouette. They may as well have already been zombies. That's what it looked like. Yeah. And I liked that too. I liked the, the juxtaposition. Like it's, it's, I don't think this movie is really trying to make any statement. No, no. You know, we know what black 
Friday is and was. It, it's just a cultural phenomenon. But I, I think that they're just you watch actual footage of Black Fridays, crazy Black Fridays, and these people look insane. Oh yeah, and the, and they look like zombies. Like it, it's it's crazy. So it just it works really well. As soon as the people get inside, they start getting infected within moments. <laughs> Like you don't even yes and no. You barely even get to see any of the crazy retail stuff because people start getting in, and and as soon then as a few people get infected and the staff notices, like at first they're still trying to deal with them as though they're customers, um, but then when it becomes obvious that there's something wrong with them, then they evacuate the store and most everybody gets out. Yeah. So it's just the employees and a handful of infected. I think that's a missed opportunity, too. It should have been a store full of these things, but I yeah. guess that would have been a lot more difficult for them to navigate. I think, yeah, navigating it, it was a little lazy or the budget wasn't there or something. I just want to run through why this bothered me so much. So even the scenes when the Black Friday customers are coming in, you know, you get the sense that you've already met all the employees in the store. <laughs> yeah. And it's just these like not even a dozen people, right? That's just these like eight or nine people. Yet the customers come storming in and there's this montage of them grabbing things off the shelves and it's just close-ups. But anytime they cut to a medium shot or a wide shot, you'd think the store was half empty. Yeah, that's true. And these employees have all the time in the world to chat with each other and do their banter and, and they're not doing anything. They're barely helping the customers. Uh, you don't see anybody. You see one person at the register, maybe. It's just like, oh, here's a shot of these two people, and they're making some funny joke. Oh, here's a shot of this person helping this old lady or whatever. But I got none of the sense of this chaos that the movie is supposed to be about. Yeah, you're right. It, it just felt cheap. And then, before they even realize that there's zombies, but they know something's going on, or at least a few employees know something is going on. They're kind of one by one all starting to assemble in the back room. It's one of these cases where like two people go into the back warehouse room or whatever and they're arguing about something. Then a third person joins them. Then a fourth person joins them. Then a fifth person. And pretty soon everybody we've already met is back there. And only one of them has this sense that there was like a really weird customer earlier. I'm sitting here thinking, who's manning the store? Like they're all back there having these little bits of business, just being funny we know that there's zombies infecting each other, but we've only seen one or two scenes of it. They don't really know that yet. But somehow, and I don't even remember how it happens, they end up jumping to this conclusion that they're all in danger, even though they've all been back there and nobody's even been in the front to witness what's been going on almost this whole time. It was just mind-blowingly, bafflingly, frustratingly bad. I just, I never felt a sense of urgency. I never felt a sense that the store was being overrun. I felt like these guys could have just sat in the back and twiddled their thumbs the whole time. Zombies weren't trying to bang at the door and stream into that big swinging wide double door that leads to the stock room that's in the back in the middle of the store. They're all just comfortable back there chatting. And then when they decide they need to finally go out, they all go through the door. And it's supposed to be this big dramatic scene where... All, you know, six or seven of them are lined up and they're ready to do battle. And the store is almost already empty by now. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where they're just creeping around. And they split up. Oh. Yeah. Like, instead of staying all together, which would have made the most sense, they, they split up. And, like, I, I get what you're saying and you're not wrong. They're not pushing hordes back, you know? No, they're like no. They're down running the into one zombie Every once in a while, like Anita, the bitchy Anita is a zombie and they have to fight her. And um, at some point, the bitchy old lady who was, you were right, was the one who like sat on a throne that the blob was under and she got infected. She becomes one of the main zombies and her transformation is progressive. But by the end, wouldn't you say that by the end when they're looking all crazy, like their flesh is all like dissolved and they're monstrous. I really liked that design and I thought that it was executed well. It was it was kind of few and far between, but I liked what I saw. One of the good things I'll say about the movie, and I really, really mean this, the makeup was fantastic. The zombie designs were fantastic. Yeah. The gore effects were great. 
Most of it seemed pretty practical. Uh-huh. I loved that bit of it. And, you know, they're all melding together. There were times when that pulsating red thing looked a little too practical. <laughs> it looked like red trash bags that were kind of being blown open and sucked in with some lights behind them. But for the most part, uh, all that stuff was was really nice. The problem was there wasn't enough of it. There and there wasn't. were hordes of them. No, no. There were only a couple. And even though there weren't a lot of the monsters or zombies or whatever, they did... I mean, it's getting ready to say it, it sounds stupid, but they did meet up with them regularly, and there was lots of action. Like, there were lots of fights. Well, like, um, Archie has a big fight with one of the zombies, and... Yeah. And and I liked that action. And, and like, the fighting is it's good action there's also humor involved you know like there's like physical comedy stuff going on that i liked and that happens multiple times but you're right it's just like these little isolated incidents where really probably they should have just been able to skirt around these people like if they're in this if they're in this big department store and there's only one or two zombies like just stay out of their way yeah exactly <laughs> don't draw their attention it shouldn't be that hard and I think the movie is trying at times to convince us that there are zombies trying, you know, trying to come in. Like the store is in danger of being overrun because at one point there's like a little mini mission to like make sure all the doors are secured, like in the back. But every time, and people do end up going outside pretty frequently. It's just dead out there. There's like one or two zombies maybe running around the corner, but otherwise there's. So it's like you said, it's like these isolated incidents of fighting. But no real constant ongoing pressure and no sense of danger because of the pacing. Well, I mean, yeah. those guys, they could have this fight with the zombie and then suddenly there are five of them arguing about something and being funny and witty. And so all the zombie action stops, all the pressure stops while they're at the front of the store. Where's the holiday bonuses? Are they like in your office or something? I thought that I told you that there were going to be no holiday bonuses this year. Jonathan, this is bullshit even for you. That's not what you told me. All you said was that there'd be layoffs after the holidays. Whoa. What the hell? Like who? I mean, for show you with them bathroom breaks. I wash my f***ing hands! Place is a cesspool! Hey, guys, shut up. And then, you know, in, in, in that way, it also suffers from the intruder problem, right? Like, there's this big store that's nothing but aisles, and like you said kind of the middle of it's pretty wide open, you're going to see these things coming from a mile away. Yeah, the emergency lights are on. It's not like they're walking. Except at one point, they did a whole charade where they were like, let's form a chain of us because it's pitch black in here and we can't see. Excuse me? I can see you. Like, this scene is lit. Like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> it's stuff like that, and it's stuff like, I, I said, you know, the, there's fights and there's comedies, but it's uh, jokes like this. Like, Archie is fighting this zombie, and he gets tentacled on the arm, and then he points, I don't even know if he has a gun or a weapon or whatever, but he says, got your doorbusters right here, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, stupid, <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Like, oh, I mean, uh, hardy har. I get it. Uh, I doorbusters. I, I assume he's dead. I assume he got killed. I didn't know what happened, but we never see him again. There's somewhere else. Marnie kills like this particularly ugly zombie, and and then says, uh, "I don't think this night can get any worse." And the power goes out. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, it's all this kind of humor. Try a little bit harder. Just a little. You've got really good actors here. I mean, you've got Bruce Campbell. Give Bruce Campbell something to do. Yeah. He has nothing to do. Frustratingly so, right? I thought he was going to get back. And he's, he's in it. Oh, he's in it a lot. See, now, when I saw that he was the store manager in the office, again, very much like Intruder. Wasn't there that character who just was in the office all the time? Yeah. That's what I thought uh, Bruce Campbell was going to be. I was like, oh, they tricked us. This is going to be a cameo. He's never going to come out of that office. No, that's not true. He comes out. He's with them the whole movie, and he has nothing to do. Um. Bruce Campbell is hilarious, and he just kind of stands in the background. Yeah. He talks every once in a while, but... 
He doesn't have anything to say. He doesn't even get funny lines. Oh, it's such a it's such a waste. No, he doesn't get funny lines. But when the black gay store manager, when he attacks a zombie, he runs at it and screams, Beyonce! Like, that's his battle cry. Like, oh, God. Guys. <laughs> guys. I think we may need to take a second look at the script. <laughs> I think we need to call in somebody to punch it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, get get some, you know, bigger laughs in there. Let's let's find something for Bruce to do. He seems bored. I mean, he's slaying the mustache, but we got to find something for him to do. But no. No. Eventually Ken, the main character, thinks he got bit by one of the zombies. Later we find out that he didn't just Brian, the floor manager, bit him so that they would think he was infected to get rid of him because he thought he was a shitty person? What? That was... I almost threw something at the screen at that point. <laughs> it was the like most contrived plot device I've seen in a really long time. They just needed, for really no good reason, uh, I guess to build tension or something, they needed to... Well, they needed Ken to you know, do the noble thing and, like, stay behind and sacrifice himself because he was a goner anyway. And we're supposed to care about him. Like, he's got kids. He's divorced, and he's got kids. And, and, you know, he can't be with his kids on Thanksgiving, and he really wants to get back to his kids. And at some point in the movie, he does get a text from his ex-wife that says, I'm fine, the girls are fine. Um, But he still wants to get back to them. So we're supposed to have empathy for this guy, and then we're supposed to think he's noble when he gets bit, and he's like, you guys go ahead, I'm going to stay back, and I'll do whatever I can to keep them away. And Well, <sighs> his whole character is being set up for a, an extended Die Hard tribute, basically. He's um, Bruce Willis's character in Die Hard. It's Christmas time, he wants to be back to his family, but he's got to deal with this issue. And so, as soon as he's supposedly bit and they leave him and he goes off to do the noble thing i thought it was going to be funny and cute but i just was rolling my eyes because i didn't care about any of these people um you know where he's like by himself and he's in the weeds of the warehouse and he's ducking around corners and he's got like i don't know if he had a gun or something and you know the red lights kind of spinning and things and i thought oh okay we got die hard here (laughs) but Every single person in this movie was a cardboard cutout, lame-ass, thinly drawn caricature. I think maybe people don't understand that even though something's a comedy, and even though it can be screwball, it can be screwball shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like The Hangover, and like Office Space is kind of like this, right? A comedy about all the wacky cardboard cutout characters in an office. The Office. But, But all of those people, they have heart. Yes. And they have real relationships. Yes, you don't believe that this kind of office and all these people would be in the same room and all this stuff would actually happen, but you care about them. Right. They have reality to them. And none of these people did I, for one instance, give a shit about. I blame the writing because I think that everybody in the movie, I think all the actors did the best with what they had. Yes. You're right. There's no, You don't get invested in them because there's not enough time. The movie's really only an hour and 20 minutes if you take out the credits it felt longer but yeah thank god for that and it it did feel longer and uh there are so many characters that you can't get invested it would have been better if they had limited it to like three or four i wanted to like these people i really liked um chris i really liked him i thought he was great and Mm -hmm. I, i wanted to spend more time with him i really liked archie and he was barely in it at all yeah. I don't even. Well, there is another like new guy called Emmett who you meet for five seconds before he goes out and smokes a joint and gets killed, yeah. and then he comes back as a zombie, and they all recognized him, and good for them because I certainly didn't because I had only met him for five seconds in the beginning, <laughs> right. and then I also didn't realize like the main one of the main zombies at the end, one of the grossest ones with the greatest makeup, is the old lady bitch customer from the beginning. I would have never known that had they not told me. Like, the movie makes a point of showing that somebody remembers her because she's wearing a particular necklace. But, like, they had to, they had to do that. They had to say, hey, guys, guys, this is the lady from earlier. Like, they had to show us. They had to show us that it was her. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. And, and, and the plot, I mean, it's not slow 
paced because things are happening. There are stupid times where they just take breaks for no reason. Yeah. And you wonder, why don't you just extend this break indefinitely? You're fine where you are. Yeah. Like, uh, the there's, there's a part where they're like, we're not going to let this ruin our Thanksgiving. So they eat some lunch meat, like some turkey lunch meat, and treat it like it's a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, like it gets serious for a minute. Like, well, for our last Thanksgiving meal, it sure was informative. No, don't say that. Don't say this is our last. I think she was just making a joke. No, I got two kids out there that I plan to see again. Calm down. We get it. You don't know shit, Chris. You don't have a. I don't have a what, Ken? A family that gives a shit about me? Maybe you're right, but at least I don't love it here. I don't love it here. God, God, look at how hard you try to be the coolest person working at We Love Toys. Guys, can we not do this right now? Me. Like, this scene. And then somebody, somebody later, there's infighting, and somebody later says, we ate turkey together. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> it was, uh, this scene just drove me nuts. Basically, they they're in the warehouse part, the the back of the store. Like you said, perfectly safe. They've got all the doors bolted. There's hardly any zombies in the store anyway, <laughs> and they're minding their business. Like they've got a job to do. Yeah. Like just leave them alone. Just, just, yeah, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, at the end, they would be in trouble. We'll get there in a second. They would be, but, but for, they have for no... now, and they have no idea what's happening, so they yeah. wouldn't even know about this imminent threat that's coming. Of course not. You're right. You're right. The zombies. They're not even out to eat the people. Well, I guess. I guess they're out to infect a certain number of them. Yeah. That's really unclear now that I actually think about it. Well, the whole premise is unclear. Is there a quota? <laughs> we we don't know what these things are. We don't know where they came from. We don't know what their intentions are. And even we at the never end. find out. No. We just see what happens. And God knows what happens after that. Right. Anyway, sorry. Back Back to that. <laughs> back to the... Thanksgiving dinner scene. I thought it was cute that all they took all of the glowing toys, like all of the toys, you know, that light up and yes. piled them all in the middle, almost like it was a little campfire or it was their way of lighting up the room. It was, that was so cute. Like there were so many, there were lots of little things that would have been cute. But they ended up being throwaways. Yes. Like, there's a whole goddamn character who is a teddy bear. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, there's, we hear in the beginning oh. an announcement that this teddy bear has been recalled because it's malfunctioning or something. But then we see it. It is, it's called Dower Dennis. And it's just like this sad sack teddy bear that's like, oh, boy, work sure was tough today. Oh, man, I sure wish I had friends. It's voiced by Seth Green. Like, and Why? it's there's nothing <laughs> to it. Oh. It contributes nothing to the story, except at one point it, like, shorts out and blows up, and I think that that is in some way beneficial to the characters. But it's just, it's just literally sitting motionless in the background. I wanted that thing to get up and walk around. <laughs> right. Do something. It, because it's, a, it's like you made it a whole character. You cast Seth Green as a voice actor, who Seth Green I I think is fantastic, and he does tons of voice work. You know, he was he voiced uh, Howard the Duck in the Marvel Universe, and he 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 does a lot of voice. I, th I I'm not going to speculate what else. I just know that he does a lot of voice work, and he's a funny funny guy. And you cast this guy and just totally waste him. Well, I mean that shouldn't surprise me since they did the same thing with Bruce Campbell. If you're going to do a running gag, the gag needs to run, <laughs> you know? And it needs to be funny. It needs to be funny, and it needs to run. At it least by the rule of, of three. Things. Yeah. Oh, God. I think we see it twice in odd times, and it there's no know. payoff at the You know, it just it's just throwaway, like you said. Then after they have this moment, which is super contrived and super typical and super written, where they all come together, but then... Uh, you know, they tell each other what their faults are, but then also tell each other what they like about each other. And I don't know, it's supposed to be bonding or supposed to be angsty. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't even remember why they decide they need to escape in the truck. Isn't that what happens? Well, that's what they decide. Like, I guess that the truck is backed up to the loading dock. And they're like, oh, we can get out by the truck. And uh, 
But nothing comes of that. That is a good 20 minutes of the movie is them getting in the truck and like they get in the back part. And, but the, and then Chris is like, well, I can squeeze out through the top and get into the cab and we'll drive away. Well, he gets into the cab, but he doesn't know how to drive the truck. And so then for reasons unknown, he just gets out and walks around a little bit. <laughs> accomplishes nothing except for drawing the attention of the monsters. Then he gets back into the truck. Into the and back. they all get out of it like the the monsters attack and I don't know somebody's like well we're safe in here no <laughs> which yet yeah, duh and then somebody else is like no they're super strong they're gonna They'll tear, tear this, this apart. thing apart then they open the back and they stand there like they're they're gonna go back in the store and suddenly they the truck's not a problem anymore the truck is just sitting there subtly not being attacked by zombies nobody's tearing anything apart and bruce campbell can stand there and say some supposedly badass things for about five minutes before they decide to go back into the store and they have some other plan which involves going onto the roof oh yeah and they end up on the roof meanwhile ken is down there in the store still dealing with the zombies doing the diehard thing yeah you know yeah you know what would be a good idea right now i should put on some goddamn roller skates what? what was that about? <laughs> what was that about? He literally, without explanation, sits down, puts on roller skates. This is, and then is just in roller skates for a while. It does him no good. Ugh. Oh. I, again, I, I would have thrown something at the screen at that point if I had realized the roller skates would have no payoff. <laughs> They had no payoff. <laughs> Nothing happened. And then I think he eventually just takes them off again. Like, he just felt like skating for a yeah. minute. Um, <laughs> but but he, I, I think this is when he sees and we see that they're all kind of coming together. And the blob is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the other people are on the roof. And he ends up on the roof, too. But the blob is now so big that it, like, breaks through the roof. And then they jump off. Well, no, I lied. Ken's not up there. He never gets up there. But the other ones are all up there. They uh, They jump off into a dumpster. And then they see that this blob is turning into a kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> I think somebody even says, like, holy shit, it's King Kong or something like that. Yeah. But it basically becomes just an enormous, two-faced, mutated zombie. But it's huge. It's like the thing. Yeah. It reminds me of the end of The Gate when that giant oh, demon yeah. comes out and it's big and it's huge and it's scary and it's totally stationary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got flames, by the way, licking up all around it. I'm pretty sure that if you just stood there... And let it cook. The flames are going to take care of that thing. It does kill Brian in a really funny way. Like, he tries to store manage it. Like, he, like, tries to talk to it like it's a customer, which is so stupid. Um, and the way that it kills him is it just, like, flicks him. Oh. <laughs> it flicks him. And he, like, flies through the air. It's like, ah! And then he's gone. What were they thematically trying to do here? There were these lame attempts at trying to connect the movie to the plight of an employee or the customer-employee relationship. And I don't somehow. I just have a feeling that they thought that they were really funny, and it's not like these these jokes. I I see what you did there, but like it's it's not. It's not funny. And so then Ken comes out, and they're like, "Oh my God, you're alive!" And like Ken and Chris had fought earlier, and they had said mean things to each other, so they have to like take a second to like make up and kiss or something. I don't know. And then uh, Chris is like, I have a plan. So he jumps in a tiny forklift and starts driving towards the What's monster. Plan? What is the plan? Could, and it moves. It's moving out. at like one mile an hour. Like it, he could have walked faster. Oh. And eventually, I don't know if this was his plan. It's crazy. The The monster shoots a tentacle and grabs onto the thing. And he like, uh, the forklift. And he like sh puts it in reverse and floors it. So it's like a tug of war. And then at the last second, he throws it in neutral, jumps out, and the tentacle thrusts the forklift at the monster with such force that it impales itself in the face. Yeah, like <laughs> it's huge ass face. You didn't plan that. It's huge ass face. It gets poked in the eye and I thought <laughs> and then the monster is suddenly going down. I was like, is the eye its weakness? I just don't understand. 
<laughs> like they it pulls the forklift out and it's just standing there like spewing blood for a while and they're like oh no it didn't work and then it just collapses yeah. into the store and the store collapses around it and they all get in the car and they're driving away I don't know. They have some stupid dialogue. Oh, I go. Oh, what are you doing? Don't we need to go? Yeah, don't you want to get, get back to the kids? Oh yeah. Uh, well, we should get some pancakes first. <laughs> yeah, pancakes has been like a running. It's not fair to call it a joke. This girl that he's got this thing with at work. There's a whole thing about they're not really in a relationship. He's like, but I was going to take you out for pancakes. Like, oh right, that's the sign of a relationship if you have pancakes. Stupid. So then they drive away, and we see on the horizon against the dark sky that these giant kaiju are all over the place. There's another one. Was there more than one? I just saw Oh, yeah. There were at least two or three. Oh, on your tiny screen you saw, and I didn't. I did. I did. Wow. And that's it. That's the end of that movie. I, (laughs) I was... I was gunning for the end of this. Uh, this would have been a movie I would have put in like uh, speed and a half if, you know, three quarters of the way through, I had realized it was going to be like this because it was just a chore for me to get through the inanity of the whole thing. Oh, I just didn't enjoy myself, man. I'm sorry. I didn't enjoy myself at all watching this. And I wanted to so badly. Yeah, I did too. And I was disappointed too, but. I would still recommend it. Like I Are you kidding me? No, I really would. I mean, it's it's like watch it on Thanksgiving or Black Friday Ugh. or during the Christmas season because there's a lot of Christmas. There's a lot of fun like there's Christmas music that they didn't want to pay a lot of money um for the Christmas music, so I don't know who it was. Somebody just played like live on a keyboard and, and they uh, recorded it. When the crowd is released into the store, the song, I was listening to the lyrics. The song was like, I, I don't have any idea what the melody is. Maybe you can find it. But the words were, Christmas is canceled this year. Let's get the f- out of here. Christmas is canceled forever. <laughs> and there were other funny musical parts too. The writing is bad. That's what the problem is because it's not shot terribly there there aren't enough extras to make it seem believable but it's the cinematography isn't bad no. i think that the acting is is good it's fine but they were just very very limited by the writing it lame dialogue the very very lame dialogue the the story is ridiculous but most horror movies are i liked these actors they were I mean, they were good looking. <laughs> they were. I was totally fine with watching them for an hour and twenty minutes. It's not a great movie, but I do think. I don't know if if you're just looking wow. for something not to really you know put a lot of thought into, just something to, to decorate your house. For mindless. Christmas. Yeah, put it on while you're decorating the Christmas tree. That would be perfect. I don't know, man. Oh, perfect. You, well, you definitely wouldn't feel like you missed anything if you turned away from the screen, but it might want to make nah. you throw your uh, your ornaments across the room from time to time. I don't know, man. I, w- I wish I could make some apologies for this movie. Like you said, the writing is terrible, but the writing is everything. I mean, it doesn't matter that the picture looks good or that the actors are, are cool-looking people that I know can act. Yeah. You know, a horror movie has a fairly low bar f- for us to be entertained. A comedy, on the other hand, generally has a pretty high bar. Comedy just falls flat so easy if, if all the right pieces are not are not in place. And, God, this movie, nothing was in place as far as the comedy went. And it's supposed to be a horror comedy. And so I did not find it entertaining. And it's not going to be scary because it's a horror comedy. Uh, a lot of horror comedies can be scary. But this one, like we said, had no pressure you didn't really even feel like the zombies were really after them half the time. They had their own business to attend to, as you said. And everything was kind of unclear as to, like you said, the stakes and what they were trying to do. And, oh, just a jumbled mess of a movie. A lot of really great ideas. Yeah. Really great ideas. And like you said, I, the director of this movie did a great job uh, with the cinematography and staging scenes and things like that. He directed Aerosmith videos. Yeah, lots of videos. I think that maybe you and maybe both of us would be more forgiving of this movie if it were a 40 to 60 minute one-off in an anthology. Yeah. Like if this were an episode of Creepshow and it was 40, 50 minutes, 
I think if they had tightened it up a little bit, because I do like the premise, I I do, and and I I think there's something interesting going on with the monster. I think they take a little bit too long to reveal it. I just don't feel as strongly negatively about it as you do. I agree with you that it's not a good movie, but um, I don't. I, I I didn't hate it. It wasn't painful for me to watch. So do it. Do with that what you will, listeners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As of the recording of this episode, it is streaming for free on Crackle. Yeah. So uh, if you find yourself in a bind where you have nothing else to watch, you could probably do worse, in my opinion. Absolutely. You could definitely do worse. We've done worse, for sure. I think it's about time to hear from another patron. How about you, Craig? Well... It's my most favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to get a lot more people sending stuff in or else. We're, or else no, that's OK. It's OK. When, when they dry up, they dry up. That's fine. But, right. uh, who are we going to listen to this time? How about Michael? Hey, Todd and Craig. This is Michael. And I just wanted to thank you guys for a very enjoyable podcast. Um, back in the summer of 2018, leading up to Halloween 2018, which has always been my favorite franchise. Halloween 4 was the first horror movie I remember seeing. It scared me to death. Um, I was listening to a different podcast, and then you were probably the second one I ever found. And while some of them can be a little... I'm trying to be nice here. (laughs) Um, Self-important and, I don't know, too pigeonholed. I feel like you guys are very um, good at showing your love for the films, but also having fun and just being yourselves. I think that's really great. I think you both have a good sense of humor. I'm also from a small town, so it sounds like both of you guys, one of you is from rural Missouri, I think as a teacher. My mom and my grandmother are both teachers, uh, or were, they're both retired. But yeah, I just really appreciate you guys a lot. Appreciate hearing about your 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 lives and your, your love for these movies. And I, you know, I love specific series and, and things, but I also really like the fact that you guys just watch pretty much anything sometimes craig doesn't like what you pick todd but i I, I find it very entertaining and i really appreciate you guys and i thank you so much for doing this podcast and i love that i'm a patreon now so have a great day i also find it entertaining when you don't like what i pick craig i know you do you do it on purpose one of my favorite things (laughs) over the year i don't do that to you but uh that was really nice and and you know we hear that sentiment a lot that um you know i'm not gonna say anything I, I i really don't listen to other horror podcasts i would like to i just haven't really stumbled on any i i there are only a couple of podcasts that i listen to so uh if if you all know any other good horror podcasts you know i i assume that if you like ours that we would have similar tastes so um let us know but w- we've heard that before that like we just don't take ourselves too seriously and it just seems like we're having fun what other way is there? I don't understand a different way to approach it. Like, well, why would you even want to do it any other way? That doesn't make sense to me. That, that I, I do understand. You know, I, I really enjoy hearing. I'm, I'm loving these voice messages, mm. by the way. Thank you, Michael. That was very sweet, um, and I really appreciate it. I, I love that part of it. But another, the big reason that we do it is because we have fun talking to each other. Yeah. Like, if if it felt like a job, either one of us would quit immediately. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's it's literally the pact we made with each other, right? Like as soon as it stops being fun, we're gonna stop doing it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I I have looked for other horror podcasts, and I think um, we have the kind of podcast that we have because this is what we would want to hear, and I'm sure that's probably true for about anybody who's out there creating anything. At least I hope it is. I guess. People create things for different reasons, and that's probably true. I'm sure there are people who have very intentionally put together shows that they're trying to sell or they're trying to appeal very desperately to a particular market or or whatever. Or just, once again, the, the kind of thing that they like that I don't particularly care for. Like, I don't really want to hear somebody go on and on about all the latest horror news. You know, I feel like I can just read that online faster. So that's not something I want. So it's not something that I would be excited about adding to our podcast. You know, I'm the kind of guy who I would love to hear another podcast like ours and not just about horror movies, but really about any movie or any book. Just two people who are just discussing that, you know, don't go off on crazy tangents. Don't spend the first 10 minutes 
bantering about how their day went or talking about people who I don't know who they are or inside <laughs> we jokes just, that I don't know. We just did that. We bantered before this movie for like 20 minutes. Yeah, but you know, I'm going to cut most of that out. Only the patrons are hearing that shit. <laughs> but yeah, but those, those are the types of podcasts. I really only listen to a couple, but I, I listen to them pretty religiously. I, I want to laugh and have a good time. Yeah. And it's, it's much easier to do that when you're laughing with somebody, you know, when, when, when the hosts or, or the hosts and their guests are having fun with each other, then I'm having fun and I'm laughing and having a good time right along with them. And that's what I want to do for other people too. I just want to laugh and have a good time. I don't, we don't take this super seriously. I mean, we, we try to provide some insight or things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise know about these movies or whatever, but I just, I just want to have a good time and, and allow other people to have a good time with us. That's, that's the best part of this. Well, we have no pressure. We have that luxury, right? Like we're just yeah. doing this for fun. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's fun for us, and I, maybe that just comes through, right? If it's fun for us, it doesn't feel like a chore. Then uh, hopefully, I guess that's what makes it fun for other people to hear it, and maybe that explains that. Thanks, Michael, and shout and shout out to your mom and grandma. Teachers, teachers are awesome. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Glad you're having fun. All right, until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Ah.